Good morning and happy Mother's Day, uh, which I definitely knew all along that it was going to be Mother's Day this week, uh, but for real, happy Mother's Day. Uh, because of Mother's Day, we don't have uh, anyone in person today except for Terry and I, um, but we are still going to give the message because I wanted to continue this series, and for as long as we live stream, I want to make sure that there's a message each week uh, just to kind of help to continue to connect and continue to, to bring us together and continue to remind ourselves that we are going forward together, regardless of whether it's online or in person. The series that we started last week is called A New World uh, because we are entering a new world. And one of the things that I said last week, one of the points that I made sure to make, it's not about going back to normal because that's easy to do. Obviously, it takes a while and you have to wait on the CDC and you have to wait on vaccines and all of these different things. But still, going back to normal is what it is. Like, we do that all the time. I would like to challenge us all to go back to better, to be better, to treat people better, to take what we learned over the course of the last year. Uh, how some people who are very outgoing and really want to hug people and really want to be around people and really had trouble, how they felt. And for them to be able to take that and use that as they talk to people who feel differently when we come back. And just as a group to come together and to truly love each other like Jesus does, which is what we talked about last week with love like that, how he's humble and he puts others above himself. He listens, he cares, he, he doesn't just talk at people, he talks with people. And so from that, I wanna go into this week and, and talk about Goodwill Hunting, not the movie and not the, the actor, but the fact that when we are out in the world, regardless of what you're doing, whether you're going to school or work or, or jogging, which I don't know why you do that, but whatever you're doing, uh, we want to take goodwill with us. We want to show goodwill. We want to show peace. And do you want to hunt for people that are like-minded? I don't mean hunt literally. Please don't do that. Uh, that's the most dangerous game and don't. But hunting in terms of looking for connections, for relationships, looking for ways to show Jesus to people and then to build that relationship so that you can have conversations, so you can answer questions, so you can ask questions, so you can show that you care, so you can be like Jesus. Uh, unfortunately, not everyone is going to return that. And so that's why I want to go with the scripture this week, which is Acts 17, 1 through 12. And this is as Paul and Silas are going to Thessalonica, which is Greece. Uh, Paul and Silas traveled through the towns of Amphiopolis and Apollonia and came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service and for three Sabbaths in a row, he used the scriptures to reason with the people. He explained the prophecies and proved the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. Some of the Jews who listened were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with many God-fearing Greek men and quite a few prominent women. Uh, so I don't like to talk about Paul without reminding you that where he came from. He came from this aspect, and we talked about him a lot recently, uh, this life where he believed everything he did was right. Uh, he believed everything he said was right, that it was inarguable, that anybody that didn't listen to him, anybody that didn't agree with him should go to jail or die. And he carried that out the way that he lived. He was a Pharisee. And, and so when he was converted, when Jesus opened his eyes literally, and he became a Christian, became a follower of Jesus and started preaching, he was very different. And so it shows the new Paul, this Paul who is a follower of Jesus, going into the synagogues to, to listen first. He starts with going into the synagogues. He, he doesn't stand out front with picket signs. He doesn't stand out front with a bullhorn. He walks in and he worships with the people. Uh, 
a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning, I talked about the fact that he did his best to relate to everyone he went to. When he was with the Jews, he followed Jewish customs. When he was with the Gentiles, followed Gentile customs, etc. And so he would go into the synagogues first, and he would do this several weeks. Now, after the service or, or after or during whenever he had a chance, he would talk about Jesus. He didn't stand up and say, listen, all this is stupid and you guys are all wrong. He didn't stand up and say, you guys are, are dumb. You guys, I can't believe you fell for this. I can't believe this is what you believe. He didn't. He would reason with people. Reason means he calmly talked. It doesn't mean that there were never arguments, but it means that he did his best to talk. And the Greek word for reason there actually is a dialogue. He had a dialogue. He would say things. He would uh, reason. He would talk. He would listen. He would answer questions. He would ask questions. He would truly build relationships with the people that he was talking to. And yeah, it was in a synagogue, but he wasn't doing it disrespectfully. He was being very respectful to the worship service, to the atmosphere, to the people. And because he came from that uh, in his past, he knew uh, these people. He knew what, what to say to them, how to talk to them. And he built on that and he continued talking. He continued loving them. He continued just being who he was. And a lot of them would be like, Paul, tell us more. Now, some of them walked out. Some of them would get angry probably, but a lot of them would say, Paul, tell us more. And so he would tell them more. And, and uh, he emphasized his faith which is important here. He emphasized his faith. He emphasized the Messiah. He emphasized his beliefs. He did not trash theirs. And so you see the little excerpt from what he says. He says, the Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. And he explains why he's the Messiah. He doesn't say, this is why you guys are wrong. He doesn't say, this is why what you think is wrong. He doesn't say, this is why what you believe is so stupid. He says, this is why what I believe is, is what I believe. And you see that it's a slight difference in a way but it's a very big difference in a bigger way, because when we go into conversation sometimes, regardless of whether it's about our faith or sports or business or politics, often we go into it from a perspective of, I need to beat down their argument first so that mine can win. Uh, if you've seen any debate for any office, but especially president, very often, well, by very often, I mean every single time since probably Lincoln and Douglas, uh, it, it's been, which I remember I was there, uh, it's been one, so one person will stand there and they'll get asked a question and then they'll answer it a little bit, but it'll be more of, yeah, blah, 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 but his plan will not work and this is why. And then the other person will stand and say the same thing, just this is why they're evil. And if you watch the campaign commercials, it's always very much like this is why this side is out to get you and this is why this side is out to get you. And that builds an atmosphere of distrust and hatred and anger. And so Paul could have done that. That's what he did do. When he was a Pharisee, when he would go around to persecute Christians, he basically said, your beliefs are so stupid. But once he learned, it wasn't turn about his fair play. It wasn't two wrongs make a right. It was, okay, I'm going to show you Jesus by talking to you. And again, I'm sure that people started arguments, but he did his best to say, stay peaceful, to stay calm, to reason. And that's so important with how we live our lives, with how we show the faith of Jesus. More often than not, when we go out into the world, you're going to be around people who don't believe like you. Uh, one of the things I said last week is when you go to college, when you go to high school, middle school, wherever you go, it's important to have a core group around you that does share your faith, share your beliefs so that you can share in that. So you have that uh, youth group provides that church provides that different small groups provide that. But it's important to have that so that you have that gas station, basically, so you can fill up for the week. But when you're out with people. Most people are going to question it. 
Most people are going to disagree just like we tend to disagree. And so it's important to remember that it's not about trashing everyone else. It's not about burning down what everybody else thinks. It's about showing what we believe about it. When we talk about it, when you share your testimony, when you share your faith, when you get to the point in a relationship where you're actually talking about Jesus, about why you're a Christian, about why you go to youth, why you go to church, whatever. It's about talking about that. Not taking a detour onto the bypass, which is awful, by the way, and talking about, and now, you know, this is what I'm talking about, but let me talk about what you believe or what you don't believe and why that's stupid. That's, that's wrong. And, you know, just take it from an easy perspective. If someone came up to you and just picture anything else, not, not faith, but just anything else that you care about. Let's say sports. Let's say that you're a big Bengals fan for whatever reason that you'd be a big Bengals fan other than being born in Cincinnati, I suppose. And, and somebody comes up to you. And basically does what I just did and makes fun of the Bengals. And they're like, let me explain to you why you should be a Browns fan. Now you could easily argue that's worse, but bear with me. It's because the Bengals suck. And they've never won. And they don't have very good players. And their owners are awful and blah, blah, blah. And they're saying all this. Now, are you going to be very apt to listen? Now, it's not that you're going to jump at the chance to be a Browns fan just because they say it. But I'm saying, like, if they come to you and they first trash something you care about. Something you've grown up with. Something you believe in. What are you going to do? At the very least, you're going to argue. You might walk away. You might run away. You might punch them. Please don't. But you might. But they're not going to get anywhere. I've spoken before about when I was in college, a guy standing on the corner with a bullhorn saying, you're all going to hell every time anybody passed. He didn't stop and say, hey, do you go to church? He didn't stop and say, do you love Jesus? He didn't stop and say anything other than you're going to hell. Now, his intent was to scare people into coming and talking to him and, and asking, you know, how can I not or whatever. But I very much doubt that anybody came. And if they did, it was very few. So he just stood there and yelled. Just like the Browns fan trying to convert the Bengals fan. That's what we do sometimes. But that's not how we should be. And Paul and Silas, Paul who knew this from every angle, listened first. Hung out with, worshipped with first, built that relationship first, and then talked. And when he talked, it wasn't, wait until I'm done. It's, you have questions? Let's go back and forth. You ask me some things, I'll ask you some things. And that's such a good way to be. And that's how we should do with anything, but especially our faith. Going to the next part, though. Uh, but some of the Jews were jealous, so they gathered some troublemakers from the marketplace to form a mob and start a riot. They attacked the home of Jason searching for Paul and Silas so they could drag him out, drag them out into the crowd. Not finding them there, they dragged out Jason and some of the other believers instead and took them before the city council. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world, they shouted, and now they are disturbing our city too. And Jason has welcomed them into his home. They are all guilty of treason against Caesar, for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. The people of the city, as well as the city council, were thrown into a turmoil by these reports. So the officials forced Jason and the other believers to post bond, and then they released them. So basically, uh, they went looking for Paul and Silas so they could arrest them, so they could beat them up, so they could stone them, so they could hurt them. Uh, they didn't find them, so they just grabbed people that knew them. They grabbed people that were like them. They grabbed people that believed like them. And they hated it. And it says they were jealous. And the reason they were jealous... You could argue different things, but it goes back to how the Pharisees treated Jesus. It wasn't even necessarily that they disagreed. It was that someone else was taking their airwaves. Someone else was taking their place of attention. Someone else was standing up where they thought they should stand, whatever the reason. 
even if it's just that they disagreed, how they handled it was to rip people out of their homes, yell at them, make it stop, and, and just end it. Now, that's not an argument. That's Facebook. Like, that's essentially what we see on Facebook, on Instagram, where if you disagree with somebody, you put a subtle or not-so-subtle post about them or about something they think, and it's those people, that person, people like this, whatever you put, and it's very negative, very hateful, but you didn't put their name. And, you know, it's not that, that you hate them. It's just that you really don't like what they think or what they say, and so you really want them to know it. What's that do? Now, that does not mean be quiet. It doesn't mean don't share your thing. But again, the, the Pharisees here, they're tearing down other people rather than making their own case. Now, the right way, what Jesus would have done would be to stand there and be like, guys, what Paul and Silas said, like, that's very interesting. But, but listen to us now. And, and, you know, we'll talk and maybe we'll debate Paul and Silas. Maybe we'll talk to them. Maybe we'll we'll. You know, just talk about our faiths together and then go our separate ways. But what they did was let's tear this down because I don't like it because it's new, because it's different. When I say that I want to enter a new world when everything goes back rather than the normal world. When I say things like I want to live in a world where uh, the word normal is an insult, kind of. I don't mean that everything that came before is bad. I don't mean that the way you live is bad. What I mean is the way we often treat people, the way we often act is negative. Negative first. And it's very much, let's tear down everybody. Let's tear down everything. So that we can then put in place what we have. And that works great for construction. doesn't work so great for people. What happened here will also happen to you. Now, I don't mean people are going to run into your home or the homes of your friends and rip you out. I hope that never happens. But what it means is sometimes, even if all you do is live like a Christian, like maybe you haven't even talked about Jesus yet to somebody, but you're just living like it, or you just mentioned youth, or you just do something Christian-y, there are going to be people that immediately get angry. And that sucks. And it hurts. And they're going to start rumors about you. And they're going to say bad things about you. And they're going to do bad things to you, maybe. Hopefully not too bad, but you know, you know how people can be. And that will hurt. And what that will do is fill you with this desire to do the same thing back. Because we all have that revenge in us. Paul had that revenge in us, in him. But how we respond is so much more important. And I want to say this before I go on. It isn't just that other people will not accept you for being a Christian. That they will not accept your views. A lot of the time it's us getting so angry that they won't listen. A lot of the times Christians can be in the place of the Pharisees. And when someone else is like, yeah, you know what, that's a good point, but I don't want to listen. Or I believe this, or I want to go here instead, or just, you know, I'm not into this. I'm not saying that's the right way to be. But what I'm saying is when we turn around and say, oh yeah, well, I hate you now. What's that do? What does that do? How is that going to convince somebody? If somebody says, you know what, I don't agree with you. And your next response is, oh yeah, well, you're stupid and so is your mom. Happy Mother's Day. Well, what, at what point is that reason? Like, how are they going? What are they going to respond? What is the best case scenario for those negative Facebook posts, for those hateful Instagram posts, for those horrible tweets? What is the best case scenario? 
How many times do you think somebody has posted something negative about a group or a person? Something hateful about a group or a person. And then whoever it is said, you know what? I never thought about this until they said how much I sucked. I never thought about changing or looking at Jesus until I saw how much vitriol came from them. Nobody says that. Just like nobody walking down the the streets of my campus was like, man, you know what? I'd heard about church before and I'd heard about Jesus before. But I was just kind of living my life and I hadn't really thought about it until some guy that's never met me said that I am going to hell. I'm going to guess again, nobody. Now, again, and I want to be clear here, this does not mean that you don't talk about your faith. It does not mean that you don't share, that you don't answer questions. It means the opposite. It means you do those things, but you do them in a graceful way, in a better way. And I want to go to how Paul responded here. And this is Paul who, in the past, would have responded with a punch to the face or stoning them, killing them, getting them arrested. So here we go. That very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. Uh, When they arrived there, they went to the Jewish synagogue and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed, as did many prominent Greek women and men. So what do we see here? Here's basically the summary of the scripture in three sentences-ish. I didn't count them out before I thought them. Paul and Silas go on a mission trip. They're in Greece and they're talking about Jesus. Some people listen and some people don't. The people that don't get really angry and force them out of town. Paul and Silas go to a new place, talk about Jesus. Some people listen, some people don't. They kept going forward. They kept going forward. They did not allow the hatred of others to change who they were. They did not allow the disagreement of others to change who they were. It did not change their faith. Nothing anyone else does or says can ever change your faith. Only you can do that. Nothing anyone else says or does can ever change who you are. Only you can do that. So what we see is that Paul, who used to be not a great guy, had learned so much from Jesus that even though he hated when people would act like this, because there was no right for these people to drive them out of town, none. They were in the wrong, very clearly in the wrong. Paul and Silas had done everything right, and yet still took flack, still got kicked out. And how did he respond? He didn't get a bigger bullhorn. He didn't go get another, like more Romans to come and drive out those. He didn't get the Greeks to drive out the Greeks. He didn't get anything negative. He didn't grab a sword and cut off somebody's ear. He moved on. And when he moved on, he didn't say, man, you guys are so much better than Thessalonica. He said, hey, guys, in Berea, Let's talk about Jesus. Let me worship with you. Let me talk to you. Let me discuss with you. It did not change how he treated them. That's what we do. That is the hardest part of our life. Uh, It can be hard to be a Christian. It can be hard to make the right choice. It can be hard to avoid temptation. I get that. But the hardest part is once we believe, once we live for him, it's remembering that everyone has a choice. And allowing them to make their own choices does not mean... That you you are that they're right. It does not mean that you don't believe what you believe. It also does not mean that you quit. You keep going, but you do it in the right way. You do it in the positive way. You do it in the loving way, in the gentle way, in the Jesus way. And there are going to be a lot of people 
who see how you respond to situations like that. And who respond to that much more than your words or even your actions because they see, wow, they didn't fight fire with fire. They just loved them. And then they moved on. And sometimes it's going to be hard to know when you should move on, when you should cut out a relationship, when you should go to a new place, whatever. Sometimes that's hard. But that's why it's so important to continue building your relationship with Jesus, continue growing your faith with him. And then as you grow that, you're going to understand that it's more and more clear, that it's better and better. And how you treat people just flows from that. So as we go through this series, each week is going to talk a little bit about how we respond to this new world that I'd like to see us build. And I would love to say that once you handle every situation as well as possible and you treat everyone with respect, with love, that more people would listen to you. More people would accept Jesus. I can't say that. I believe that many will. But people will still treat you like garbage sometimes. And sometimes it'll be shocking. It'll be people you won't expect. But that does not mean that it changes who you are. Because who you are is enough in Jesus. And he will help you to have that strength, to have that courage, to have that bravery, to go forward like Paul and Silas did. And to try again. It also doesn't mean that those people that, that drive you out, those people that hate you, those people that tell stories, those people you had to walk away from, maybe somebody else will plant another seed like the one you planted. Because by our words and actions, by who we are, that plants a seed regardless of how people respond. And then over time, maybe somebody else will, will be there to help that grow. Because God doesn't give up on people. As we go forward, remember this. Remember that it's not about winning. It's about showing people what we've won already. It's about showing people heaven, showing people Jesus, showing people who we are, and doing that every day. And then when people say, I don't care, I hate you, not returning it, but saying, okay, listen, I don't agree with you. And I'm praying for you. And again, not in a negative, like I hate you, praying insult way, but in a, I'm praying for you still. And you can always talk to me. But I'm going to go over here and talk to these people. I'm going to go over here and these are going to be my... Whatever it is. But continuing to do it in Jesus' name. Continuing to do it with goodwill. Continuing to do it. Hunting more of the same. And that's all I got.